0: Welcome into the October 28th episode of the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano with Dave Morissuti. Leafs gobbled up in the Shark Tank, another loss to a non-playoff team. Dave, uh, we're going to break this thing down and then hopefully tee up what could be a more inspiring performance in this weekend's back-to-back upcoming against the LA Kings and the league-worst Anaheim Mighty Ducks. So, all that more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Hello and welcome Hello. to Locked On Lease Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown On Lease is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcast from. If you haven't already, go check us up on YouTube as well for the video uh, show. Uh, it's new content coming at you each and every day, Monday through Friday. Whether it's good or bad, we're here to chat about it. And recently, Dave, it's been uh, been quite a bit of bad that we've had to talk about. But before we get into things, let me just tell the good folks that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online—it's where the game starts. Now, Dave. My betting actually was great last night. I did go three for three on on the prop bets that I did make. But uh, unfortunately, the big one and the only one that really matters is the win. And uh, the Leafs did not get that against the San Jose Sharks last night. I was expecting this team to have a much more inspiring effort coming off of what we witnessed against Vegas. A couple of days off, um, a, a chance to have a real good hard practice on the road, and it's not at all what we saw. 26 seconds in, Austin Matthews, maybe the most lazy back check he's ever made in his career. And Logan Couture, nice, easy goal. Not sure what Shawgrim was doing, to be honest with you, on that save opportunity. And uh, 26 seconds in, the loser chase, and it's already one nothing San Jose.
1: Yeah, that was – it was so, so frustrating. And, look, it, also because Justin Hall was on the play, so that just makes it even that much more frustrating. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I was – If that was William Nylander on that back check, Twitter would have been on fire. Oh, yeah. I mean, people were criticizing Austin Matthews, but not to the degree that if it was any really, any really any other player, but Austin Matthews.
0: That was far more egregious. What we saw happen now. The gravity of the situation, maybe not, but like as a standalone play in a vacuum, far more egregious than the pull up against Tampa in the playoffs.
1: Yes because this led directly to a goal. Yes. Uh he had Logan Couture actually got past him. So Matthews what I don't know if Matthews didn't see Logan Couture, you know, hauling ass behind him which like buddy, like he, you're going to expect that if somebody's on a break, somebody else is going to be coming in to try to you know, get a rebound or try to get a pass there. Like that that was just la- no lack of awareness, lack of focus and really that early in the game like, there's no, it's not like he was out for a whole shift and he was tired. It's 26 yeah. seconds into the game. That's the part that, that's the part that really, like, you know, you get irked by because it's like they shouldn't be tired that easily. So that, that was certainly frustrating. And yeah, I don't know what Shogun was trying to do there. I, I just think he got the, it was such a mess in front of him that, that whole play that he just was just like, I
0: he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready for, for now he's, he eventually settled in and you know, the goals that got scored, whatever power play goals at five on five, like he made a couple of decent saves to, I guess, allow the Leafs to battle back and at least salvage a point out of the game. So um the first 26 seconds, you take that out of Shogren's game. I thought it was okay. Um, But it's just, it, it's, it's, how do they keep doing this? How do they keep losing? to non-playoff teams? How do they keep forgetting to show up for these games? That's the question that I'm now asking myself. Like, It's funny. Like, We have these discussions, and it's like, how how could they possibly be doing this? But then we remind ourselves, well, they've been doing it for the last couple of years, really. So are we that surprised? No, we're not that surprised, but we should be because we've been told that this team had an evolution of maturity over the course of the offseason. Where the hell is that? Where has that been? for toronto so far right mature teams would have been able to regroup after vegas not go party their face off for a couple of days and then show up not ready to go come puck drop 10 30 puck drop in san jose like i i don't know what's gonna wake this team up sheldon Keefe has tried so many different things he even put the lines in a blender last night and um, still really not a big wake-up call Like, yeah, Matthews scored. He got off the schneid. Barner scored. He got off the schneid. But you look at the game overall, they weren't fantastic. They weren't spectacular. they have a couple of shifts where they had a couple of waves? Yeah, they've had that uh, probably – they've had like one or two good shifts every game. Every game so far, even in the losses. We're waiting for that 60-minute effort. Like, why can't they just put together a 60-minute effort? And if you listen to the post-game media, they talk about how they've yet to put that together. Bro, that's on you. That's on you. You keep saying you want to do it. All right, go do it. They're not going to hand you these wins. Like, yeah, they, it's the San Jose Sharks. Are they a playoff team? No, but they still have a lot of respect for themselves. They're not just going to let you back check them easily. They're not just going to let you go in on an odd man rush. You know, Eric Carlson's not going to let William Nylander go in there on overtime and, and end the game. They're also trying to pick up two points, too. So, guess what? You have to do You got to work harder and outwork. Your opponents, and they've yet to do that for a full 60-minute game this season. We're eight games into this thing, all right? The honeymoon, the grace period, it's starting to shrink. It's time to get get going and start getting some wins, string some wins together, and get some consistent performances together. It's not even the wins that are bothering me at this point. It's the, it's the performance and the lack thereof uh, that is starting to bother me as opposed to the point totals in the standings. Yeah, I
1: couldn't care less about who's scoring the goals. I couldn't care less about any of that. I care more about what type of effort are you putting in to start the game? Where do you put the... I will give them credit when, you know, San Jose scored, they put on pressure and it eventually led to the equalizer from David Camp. Like, he's the catalyst to get things going. Like, I, I mean, I shouldn't complain. At any point, you just take anybody scoring a goal at 5-5. Okay.
0: Don't you dare talk crap about this team's leading goal scorer at five on five David camp okay don't you talk crap about camp
1: oh I'm I I think David Camp needs a statue
0: <laughs> the statistic is gone by the way up until that point the team was 15 and0 15 and0 when David Camp scored a goal in a game no longer now they're 15 and one because I couldn't hold
1: is over
0: Drake is over. The streak is over. It's really upsetting. Um, To talk positively, though, I actually did like the fourth line. Like, you bring up David Camp scoring a goal. That was kind of on, like, a mid-line change because, like, Kerfoot and Marner were all kind of part of that. But when you look at the fourth line in total, well, when I look at all of the changes that were made to the lineup, that was the only one that stuck out to me as, okay, that works. I'll keep that around for next game. You know the line of camp with and reuniting him with Engvall, and then Zach Aston-Reese, I thought, had some jump last night. Yeah, you know, he- I was looking, I was looking into the into the numbers last week or last night, and he actually led the team. Um, or sorry, didn't lead the team. He was third among all players on the team in both categories in zone exits and entries. And we talked about that being the biggest difference and why we thought Engvall was added to that line. And I think that probably helped the fact that he had some speed along with. Uh, Zac and Reese to try and help with that type of stuff, but you know to actually see them turn that defense into offense again was really nice to see. I think they ended up with having um, an 87 expected goal for percentage and had the fifth most, or and had five D zone faceoff starts, which was the most among all forward groups last night, and still ended up out shooting, out chancing, and outperforming their opposition.
1: Yeah, like that there it wasn't all bad like this was i will say this was a this was marginally better than the vegas game but not good enough cuz you lost to the san jose sharks like that's like san jose like eric carlson looked like a norse caliber defenseman in that game
0: yeah, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. I'll say that. He was fantastic <laughs> in that game. Um, was he I, I really like liked
1: the $11 million. Dollars. You kind of expect that.
0: Yeah. Well, you do. But uh, what you've seen out of him over the last little bit, you know, you, you don't really know what you're going to get out of Eric Carlson on a given year. Yeah. The injuries have really plagued his career. But he was fantastic last night. I will give him that. It was an outstanding play that he made in overtime to get the win. Ended up, you know, creating the turnover, you know, good forecheck check or good back check to force Willie into making a turnover and then had the foresight to like, okay, we're turning the puck over. Myers got it. I'm shooting down the other way and away we go on, on, uh, on a breakaway and just such a good 30, 30 goal that he scored. Um, but enough about, you know, the good stuff about San Jose, uh, why don't we actually take a break? I guess we talked about the good. So let's take a break, come back, and get to some of the bad and the ugly that we saw in the game uh, last night in the least 4-3 loss to the San Jose Sharks. And then they're still in California. So we got two more games to go here on this road trip. they got to roll through uh, the Kings on Saturday and then down to Anaheim on Sunday. So we'll also tee up that game a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, I'm Mike Stefano with David Moore Studios into the Lockdown. Locked On. These podcasts part locked on podcast network and before we continue let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors and that's bet online it's your number one source for betting football and hockey to start the new seasons Find all the latest player developments and team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the NHL, MLB, NFL, boxing, even golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morisuti. If you're new to the program, it's your first time kind of stumbling across us, whether it's via podcast form on audio in which you can get uh, wherever you get your podcast from, or you're on YouTube and you're staring at our our mugs here, we appreciate it. Hopefully you enjoy it and uh, subscribe so that you can get new content each and every day, Monday through Friday, uh, all Leafs, all the time. And the Leafs have not been playing some inspiring hockey of late, as we've noted. Um, a 4-3 loss to the San Jose Sharks last night. Um, we talked about some of the good, really, like the only good. Matthews and Marner, they scored uh, to get off of off the schneid. The fourth line looked pretty good, but there was a lot more that was bad and a couple things that were ugly. So let's get to those, Dave. What, uh, what stuck out to you that was bad about last night's Leafs performance?
1: Ooh, where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? Um, man, like a bad for me had to be. I'm, I'm gonna save him for the ugly. I mean, bad for me was the Austin Matthews defensive play. He just did, he looked out of it up until he scored the goal. Like there was that play that was that you know shift earlier. Um, was it Barabanov that was giving him the the business in hit like? Um,
0: um, was it Barabanov? No, it was.
1: Was, or no, it was Feshnikov. It was Feshnikov.
0: Feshnikov yeah. yeah, and it was a Russian name.
1: It was yeah. a Russian name. I just couldn't remember which one. Well, I mean, the bad also was that Barabanov had more points than a lot of other Leafs in that game.
0: But, oh, revenge him, as you would expect yeah. to see out of Alex Barabanov, a former Maple Leaf.
1: But I just felt like, like Austin Matthews was letting other players dictate the game rather than him being the one to dictate the game. And that's kind of what you pay Austin Matthews to do. So I didn't like Austin Matthews' game, other than the goal and really late in that period where they got the offense going. I, I he's got to be better. He's got to be the one to to dictate the the play the play, and he hasn't done that really.
0: Yeah, and uh, was it forty one percent expected goals last night uh, while out there on the ice? So that's not what you expect to see out of out of Austin Matthews, who, who you know, except maybe when he's playing the Edmonton Oilers is the best player out on the ice no matter what situation he's in. Um, and just wasn't the case last night. You know, Sheldon Keith after the game didn't quite say our elite players weren't elite players, but what he did say was that uh, San Jose's elite players looked like elite players. So eh, it's kind of a very similar situation. And, I mean, they did. They outworked, uh, they outworked that line. Um, and Austin Matthews in particular, um, you know, on the ice for – uh, seven shots against last night at five on five. So not a great night uh, for for Austin, despite finally getting off the schneid and scoring that goal um, on the power play. For me, um, one of the things I thought was pretty bad was honestly, like just the, 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 that second line last night was not good, not good whatsoever. Um, it was the only line that remained intact from the night before or the game before of Tavares, Nylander, and Nick Robertson but they were severely outperformed against San Jose, and you just can't have that happen. Outshot nine to three while those guys were out there on the ice—a twenty-seven percent expected goal uh, differential. And and like, I don't know if you noticed this, but someone brought it to my attention after the first time, and then I noticed they did it again. But in the third period, Sheldon Keefe legitimately took Nick Robertson and William Nylander off of Tavares's line for defensive zone faceoffs. Now, I can't recall, I would probably have to go back and see if this had to do with maybe it was coming off of a power players or it was coming off where, you know, uh, those guys had just played or something, but I did think that it was notable that they were caved in through the first couple periods, and then by the third period, the two defensive zone draws that that Tavares took, it wasn't with Robertson and Nylander, it was with Yarncrock and Kerfoot alongside him. Um, I did think that was pretty notable and and probably points to how poor they played in their own zone last night. Yeah,
1: I know they weren't they were not great, especially, you know, I mean, they were on the ice for the goal and overtime. Like, did William Neilander not learn anything from Alex Galchenyuk on maybe you don't do the reverse pass in front and have it get an intercept and lead to a breakaway?
0: Well, did I don't know if that's—I I don't know exactly what happened there. He was kind of stopping up, and I think the puck kind of bobbled a little bit. It well, wasn't it nearly got, as egregious as Galchenyuk's, but yeah, okay.
1: it got broken up. But like the whole point is, you don't want to—you don't want to put the puck in a dangerous area, especially overtime where turnover can lead to a break or a two-on-one. Like you got to, yeah. overtime three-on-three, it's all about protecting the puck, and so yeah, I think. Uh, like that, that just underscored what that like just carelessness in a lot of ways with mm-hmm. with the puck. But my ugly, my ugly was Justin Hall. Like it wasn't just that first goal. goal; it Shut was me. the penalty. The penalty he took when he sends the puck well over the boards, like no no pressure, and he sends it over the boards. Like why are you doing that? And then Sheldon Keith made it a point to say. We can't make a first pass. And I'm like, hmm, is it just all defensemen or is there a specific defenseman you're trying to say, Sheldon, that can't make a first pass out of his zone? Like, I don't like to harp on one player because I don't think Justin Hall is the sole reason why the Leafs' defense has been garbage, really, the last few games. Agreed. But when he is in a – but he, it's clear he cannot play top four in the NHL.
0: Dude. You look at the second goal that they scored, right? Like the, the first power play goal at five on five. Granted, all right, all right, five on three. Granted, it's a five on three, it's a little bit of a different situation. But why does that goal happen? Because David Camp won the faceoff, but guess who couldn't clear the zone, which f- led to continued ozone pressure at five on three for the San Jose Sharks? It was Justin Hall, my friend, who again fails to clear puck off the original face-off win, Sharks keep it alive, and eventually score the goal. Like, that's that's the type of stuff that we've been seeing from this guy. It was funny because I went to go and look into the numbers, and I was curious as to where Justin Hall stood in terms of the rest of the team and the rest of, you know, some, some players in the NHL when it came to uh, blunders and shots against and, you know, all these deeper analytics when it comes to defensive play. And, like, there's a lot of guys around the league who are struggling a little bit this year. I think what it is with Justin Hall is it's not that he makes, like, he's always making glaring errors. But when he makes the glaring error, it it seems to really bite this team in the ass. So it's not that he's doing a, like, it's not happening a lot. But when it happens, it's so glaring. It's almost like the Jake Gardner effect. In a way, when Jake Gardner would always make like one boneheaded play in the game, and then you would look back on it, and that's all you would remember out of that game, not anything positive he did or anything else. It was like, remember that one time he failed to clear the puck, or, you know, he looked up and he just gave up pizza up the middle and it was a turnover? That's kind of how we are, I think, looking at Justin Hall at this point, because every time he makes a, a, situ, a, a decision that goes poorly, it seems like the Leafs paid for it and are fishing the puck out of the back of the net.
1: Yeah. And, and unfortunately that's because he's in a top four role. He's playing top minutes on the penalty kill. Like he's in a prominent role. And I understand that you don't have many options, but
0: what, what options, is there anything that you think the Leafs could do though? Like that's, that's the outside thing. That... Making
1: a trade outside of making a trade, like you're not bringing in Philip crawl and saying, here you go. You're not telling Victor Mete, here you go. Like, you're not – like, that's just – that's trying to – trying to stop a leak with wet bandages. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not going to work. You have Like, this is something that should have been dealt with. Like, look, maybe the Timothy Lillegren injury wasn't something that they were anticipating to happen, but you anticipate that Justin Hall would be the guy to step up into the top four. And that's something you anticipate and should have – that's that's oversight in a lot of ways by management to not think of maybe we can find a way to upgrade here. And now they're stuck with it unless they make another deal.
0: And, and, and you know, apparently Kyle's working the phones is what we're hearing from insiders. They would like to upgrade the blue line somewhere, but, like, who's handing out top four – two-way responsible defenseman. Like there's there's not a whole lot. I mean Ethan Bear's name was out there just before us getting on actually he got traded to the Canucks, but like that was a name that people like, "Oh, you know, he, he played all right. He played some tough minutes, a top four role once upon a time in Edmonton. Maybe he can refine really his game. Um anything could be an upgrade over Justin Hall." It's like, "Well, maybe, but again, do you do you just want to keep throwing like five, six defensemen into your top four? onto your second pair. Like, I, I think you're just going to end up with a lot of similar, um, similar warts and problems when you just keep acquiring, you know, sixth, seventh defensemen, and then you're just trying to force feed them into your top four just to get a different look. I don't think the result's going to change a whole lot. It just need flat out better players and better defensemen. Um, and that's, that's going to be on Kyle Duvis to go out and try and make a deal. Um, how soon that is. I don't know. We'll see. But it seems like
1: away defensemen right now, other than Carolina's trading Ethan Bear. I can't think of many defensemen out there that are readily yeah.
0: available. Well, Chickering is a guy, he had a setback yesterday, so he's not even healthy. And there's also, like, he hasn't been healthy in like three years. This guy's missed a lot of time. So if you're worried about, you know, Jake Muzzin and whether or not he can stay on the ice, Chickering also hasn't. Proven that he could stay on the ice. So, how much do you trust he could stay healthy if you give up, you know, draft picks and prospects to go and get that guy? I don't know. That's another, you know, question that Dubas is going to have to answer to himself. Is that a risky proposition worth it? And what other defensemen could there be out there that we're not even thinking about? Like, no one was thinking about Labushkin at the time last year when the deal went down, but it turned out to be an okay trade. So, I don't know. We'll see uh, what ends up happening there, but certainly we need to see something change in this group I don't know if it's a mentality if it's um, a culture shock right now like whatever it is that they've been very uninspiring to watch so far eight games this year four of which they have completely just not woken up for and they happen to all be against non-playoff teams four games that they've lost not against non-playoff teams from last season it's just not good enough simply, not good enough. It's been an ugly, ugly first eight games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But they can write the ship. They can write the ship because there's still two games left in this California road trip. I got the Kings on Saturday. They got the Ducks on Sunday. When we come back, we'll tee up those games and see what we can maybe expect out of those two matchups. But uh, before we do that, let me tell you guys about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie in the they don't lie in the last decade. Over four million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't uh, you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you against cutting edge security technology powered by twenty four seven professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it, guys. It's got those 24-7 professional monitoring, but they call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police for first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply say blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion, and that only alert you when a threat is real, in even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, or any threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real, so that you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafecom NHL. Save twenty percent on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafecom NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back into the Locked On least Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morisuti. We got to put the San Jose game aside. Not a great game. Lost. It's upsetting. But maybe they can try and rectify a lot of those situations and, and, and question marks that we have in this upcoming back-to-back in SoCal. They've got the Kings on Saturday. they got the Ducks on Sunday. We should also point out there was – some slight clarity as to the goalie situation. Remember we were kind of questioning why, in fact, Shulgram was playing in that game and, and going to get two of the next three. Um, it turns out it was Samsonov, Sheldon Keith told us yesterday, um, wasn't feeling too great. Um, and I don't know if you can link that with him being in Las Vegas over the couple of days prior. But anyways, not feeling great. So that's why they decided to go with Shulgram, give him the night off. Uh, but he should be good to go in one of these games. And I would assume that he played the Saturday night against the Kings. They are the better opponent, and it's the first game that he would play since Monday. So um, Samsonov, you know, he's been one of the lone bright spots, I guess, on this team so far early early in the year. So it'll be nice to see him uh, get back into action, and hopefully they can put on a much better performance in front of him against uh, an L.A. team that comes in uh, sub-500, 4-5 on the year.
1: <sighs> yeah like it's not a great situation i said like you know an illness everyone gets ill at these time of year this is like the flu whatever i mean now it's not even flu it could be covid it could be a million things at this point of the year but yeah um goaltending I, I thought shogun actually didn't look bad considering how tre- after, terrible the defense was in this game
0: yeah like after like i said before Take out the first goal, the first 26 seconds, because I don't know, he didn't even try and stop that puck. I don't know what, the, he went right, the player went left. I don't know what, what happened there. Wires crossed of some kind, legitimate, like, controller malfunction type stuff. But outside of that, I, I didn't, I, I agree with you. He wasn't horrible. Goaltending was not the reason why they lost that game last night. 100% not the reason why. Um, but Samsonov is a guy who can win you a game. And, and, and that's something that maybe, they are missing on nights where their best players don't have it or the defense has kind of shined away. At least Samsonov has had them in games, right, and given them opportunities to win. And maybe he can go out there and win a game for this group at some point, and maybe that'll have to be against L.A. They shouldn't have to because, I mean, th- the Leafs are just a better team. They have much more talent than the L.A. Kings do, and they should be able to win regardless. But at least Samsonov gives him a much better chance than Chagrin.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing where right? yeah, Chagrin didn't steal them. He kept the minute. That's that's the best you can ask for if your backup goaltender. But yeah, when everything is kind of going wrong for this team, you kind of want that last line of defense to kind of steal you a game. And that's kind of what they were hoping with this goaltending tandem is that you know they didn't have to, they don't have to be elite every night, but when there's an off night, you want them to do their best, and that's what Samsonov has been doing. So. Yeah, I'm. La, we know like their goaltenders can steal them a the game once in a while. That's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting battle there. And hopefully, you know, whatever Samsonov's has been dealing with, a little time on the beach in California will rectify that. I mean, I don't know how much beach time you're going to get <laughs> when you're out there, but I think uh, if he's under the weather, nothing like a little California sun can't fix.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm hoping there's not a lot of beach time, to be honest with you. I'm hoping that uh, they, they start We're playing guilty.
1: Everybody else? Nah. Inside.
0: Nah, I, I just, like, I'm I'm hoping that they start playing guilty. You know what I mean? That That's really what I'm hoping to see out of this club at this point. Um, breaking it down, though, like, when I'm looking at this matchup between the Kings and the Maple Leafs, um, the Kings have actually had a really good, and this doesn't surprise me at all, but, like, this is a team that's good at winning face-off draws. Now, again, they've got Andre Kopitar, they've got Phil Deneau, and they've got a couple other young guys. Quentin Byfield also can win some draws. So it's not surprising. But that's something that kind of has plagued the Maple Leafs early in this year. Last year, they are the top team. This year, 14th. And against a team like L.A., you know, you're going to want to make sure that you go in there, win some of those draws, because that's, you know, when you're playing a possession game, how do you gain possession right off the hop? Right from the puck drop, right? That's how you're going to get it done. So hopefully that's something that can change. Um, and they've been scoring a little bit, the, the the Kings. They're ninth in the league, averaging 3.44. But where I think the Maple Leafs are kind of happy licking their chops, because they said the same thing in San Jose, but they have been allowing goals at an alarming rate so far to start the year. Uh, they're 30th out of 32 teams in goals allowed per game, allowing 4.33. So is this the night? Is this the night that we see the goal-scoring eruption, right? We've been saying all Matthew needs to do is see a puck go into the net. Once it goes into the net, you know, they'll start to come in bunches. He finally scored in San Jose. I think this upcoming back-to-back, we could see maybe four goals. I don't know how that one goal a game, then three the next, two goals in each game. My prediction, we got a four-goal weekend out of Austin Matthews now that he's finally gotten off the schneid.
1: So that's a bold, that's a bold suggestion there, but I do think that you see that goal, and it's like it's one of those where he's missed, just missed chances, and then that goal goes in, and you're just like, ah, there's Austin Matthews. Like, well, Austin Matthews has been there; it's just they haven't been hitting the you know four by six, and that's kind of what he needs to hit. So I, I think when you're, I think Matthews he loves playing against the Kings too. So I feel like he's in for a big night there. Anaheim always plays the Leafs tough, especially in Anaheim. And with that being the second half of the back-to-back, but I think maybe that first game in L.A., he always he always kind of likes to play those matchups. So I feel like that could be a good chance for him to get a couple of goals there. I, I'm not going to go four, but I think there's a good chance we see a pair of goals from Austin Matthews.
0: The Ducks, though, coming into the year, or will be coming into this game, rather. Um, or do they play tonight? As of the time of this recording, they're dead last in the NHL. Um, one five and one on the year, uh, the power play got nothing going, just 9% on the power play 30th on the penalty kill, only killing 65%. So I'm assuming again, Toronto going to be hoping to get the power play going as well with a team that's struggling to kill them off shorthanded. And yeah, we talked about how LA was 30th in the league in goals against guess who's 31st, my friend. The Anaheim Ducks. So, I'm thinking that we could see a bit of a, a goal scoring explosion here in uh, in in SoCal. We saw it happen last year. I thought we were also going to see it happen in San Jose. Clearly, not the case. But I'm I'm going to be a little half pos- glass half full, a little positivity here on a Friday, and I hope that uh, these upcoming games could be where the season gets turned around. You know, the season, I think, can turn around with some strong 60 minute performances or as close to it as possible. And uh, you get some decent goaltending. You get goals starting to drop for the big boys. If that starts to happen, I think you end October on a good note. And then you get ready to go in November and you ride it into a tremendous season, just like we saw happen a season ago, right? October was not a great start for the Maple Leafs, not great at all. I think they're three, four, and one in October, maybe. Um they, they start off two, four and one to start yeah. the year last season. So at least they had a a winning record. <laughs> they're four, two, and one to start um to start the season, uh this year through the first seven games. Uh so uh hopefully this weekend they can try and turn things around. I have my goal prediction. What's your prediction for the weekend? I have four goals coming out of Matthews through these through the weekend. What's yours? Uh
1: for me. Uh, I think Nick Robertson it's a California trip. I think he'll get one. I don't know who will be against, but I think he'll he's a, he's due for a goal. Yeah. And uh, uh, what's another prediction? I, I said Austin Matthews. Maybe we'll go with two against LA. We'll go with two against the Kings.
0: Oh, piggybacking on mine, eh? A little tail on uh, on on my Matthews thing. Um, you got any uh you got any plans this weekend for Halloween though, Dave? Anything going on?
1: uh no not this year usually well i think my brother was gonna have a party but i don't know if i'm gonna go we'll see
0: why not not a big halloween guy (laughs) i used to be a huge halloween guy
1: i didn't really get a chance to pick out the best costume that i want to pick out next Mm -hmm. year though i have some ideas of costumes that i'm gonna make myself
0: not bad not
1: make myself meaning my mother who is a seamstress will be making that costume for me
0: yes yes that would make sense italian seamstress mother Please make this costume for me. That'd be appreciated. We made
1: uh, all costumes up until I was ten, man.
0: What's the best costume that you've had?
1: Best costume that I had. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Oh, I was a teenage mutant ninja turtle one year. Oh, I was nice. Donatello.
0: Donatello. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Homemade costume.
1: Um, the the body of it was. Uh, we we just got the head from. I don't know where they got the head from. Like the mat, the head part, but the, the rest yeah. was.
0: Were uh, you the family? Were you the? F- there's always one in every single school. Were you the family that like went hard in the paint on, on, for Halloween?
1: No, I, I didn't. I did a one. I did a one year. I can't remember what I went as. I think I was Oh, I was a scarecrow, and I got like some paint on my face. But like you know, I I, I didn't really. I don't really like paint on my face because then it gets like all over the like gets close to the eyes. I don't like things close to my eyes
0: we had this one family. I'll never forget them. The Smith family in my elementary school. This, they went hard in the paint for Halloween. And the one year he came dressed as, um, alien from alien versus predator. And like legitimately bought like this alien head for like five, $400 or something like that off uh, online. This thing was legit. And it like made like that growl that like they, they it makes yeah. the thing. It it's was awesome. such a sick, Sick thing to see. Like, it was honestly so cool. And every year, you know, the the family went went crazy with Halloween. They had the Halloween party every, every year, too, obviously. Um, so, yeah, they're a big Halloween. I, I you know, I, I like to have fun. Like, I'm going – my cousin has a, a big one every year that I'll be going to Saturday night. So, and I'll be watching some hockey, bobbing for some apples. Hopefully, there will be some chicken wings there that might be Halloween-flavored or inspired of some kind. I don't know, last year he made blackened chicken wings, so.
1: Okay, what, yeah. what what's the costume this year, though? What are you doing?
0: So I have this, so that's funny. I have the same thing for the last, like, five years. But I've never gone to, like, the same party back-to-back years. So I don't know if I can get away with it this year, because it's going to be the same party with, like, a lot of similar people, probably. But I, I usually go as, like, a guest book. Like, I just get, like, a plain white T-shirt or, or orange T-shirt, rather, and I put, like, Halloween 2022, let's say, guest book. and I write it across my chest, and I just have, like, a, a piece of string with a Sharpie attached to it all as, like, a necklace, and I just get people to sign me at whatever party I go to. The one year I worked on Halloween, I was serving at Boston Pizza, and I got all the people... Who a went there because in Niagara Falls, um, Clifton Hill, like that's like a go-to party spot for Halloween. Two massive competitions and contests every year. Anyway, but all my tables were all signing, and then like everybody else, and, and everyone who was there, and it was a pretty, like, pretty good. I, I, it's, it's not like it's so easy, cheap, and simple, but it's a good conversation starter. But I don't know if I can pull it off back-to-back years at the same party this year.
1: Yeah, if it's the same party, you just. Yeah, you might have to go. Uh, you might have to go outside of the box a little bit.
0: Yeah, so I've got I don't know about 24 hours to come up with something. So maybe uh, hit us up in the comments section below if you've got any suggestions <laughs> at what we could do for Halloween costumes because I got 24 hours to come up with a with one. Or uh, you know, if you had any cool costumes growing up, Halloween's always fun. And in the NHL, like I don't know if you bar down as like tracking this heavily. And they've got all of these costumes, that, like the best costumes from around the NHL that they're posting photos of. So that's pretty cool to to kind of follow along. I always find it enjoyable. Um, But, yeah, so it should be a fun weekend. Hopefully everyone has some fun this weekend. Get up to some – it's what they call Hallow Weekend this year. Um, But, yeah, that'll do it for us here today on the show. Uh, thank you all for supporting it. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck at D underscore Morissuti. Uh We'll be back with another episode on Monday. Enjoy the games this weekend, folks. We'll chat with you then. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.